Welcome to NetFront Presence. I'm Jeff Gordon, the Post Dispatch, joined by the beat reporters Jim Thomas and Matthew DeFranks. And guys, let's jump right to it. Uh, one happy note before we get into the bad stuff about the Blues. It appeared Vladimir Tarasenko had a good time in South Florida, had a chance to see some old friends. He had a chance to flash some skill, catch a little sun, uh, adapt to the uh, the warmth which he is uh, learning to like in Florida. And you know, all in all, maybe helped himself a little bit in the eyes of some by proving he's healthy. So, so JT, somebody on the Blues had a pretty good weekend. Yeah, he did. And uh, uh, at last check, judging by his Instagram, he, he was still down there yesterday. So he he, he likes the uh, the uh, South Florida weather. Uh, he's trained down there. He and uh, Ivan Barbashev, I think, stayed down there a few extra days. So. Uh, you know, Vladdy, uh, the, the brief phone conversation I had with him down there said, you know, being from Siberia, it took him a while to get used to the warm weather. But he said the older he's gotten, the more he likes the, the warm weather. So, yeah, he's, he's having a very good time, brought the family down there. I guess the kids are missing a little school, but uh, I'm sure they'll catch up. And, uh, uh, yeah, it, uh, I, I guess if there's any value for him, maybe it's showing the, uh, the league uh, – yeah, any teams that, that might be interested that the, uh, the the wrist is okay. Yeah, and I think uh, February in South Florida is is the correct time to be down there in Miami uh, versus the summers that he stays down there. Uh, I don't know if I'd want to go to summer in Miami. Uh, we have to shower every time you walk outside. Um, but yeah, it was a good weekend for for Vladimir Tarasenko. We had four points in the All Star game, and uh, actually a very St. Louis all-star game. Uh, Matthew Kachuk won the the MVP. Pat Maroon was on the broadcast for the skills competition. Obviously, Brady Kachuk and uh, Clayton Keller were also all-stars. Uh, you know, former Blues assistant Jim Montgomery was uh, was on the bench as the Atlantic head coach, and uh, that doesn't even count, you know, the injured Tage Thompson who wasn't there. So uh, a lot of St. Louis ties to the all-star game, and obviously the biggest one is Vladimir Tarasenko and you know, as JT mentioned, I think it's worthwhile, not because of his performance, but just because that he is healthy. Um, you know, I think his performance before the All-Star break showed a willingness to, to shoot and attempt uh, shots towards the net and get into scoring areas. Obviously, the results weren't there, but maybe that was attributable to you know, coming back a week early from a hand injury and uh, just getting back into shooting shape. So uh, encouraging um although maybe not all that meaningful weekend for uh, Vladimir Tarasenko and the Blues. You know, JT, I didn't have a problem with Vladimir going down there. You know, Jordan Kyber is probably the most all-star worthy guy based on just the point production, but, you know, he's had his his taste. Uh, Robert Thomas hasn't been bad. Pavel Buchnevich, uh, a solid year for sure. But, you know, Vladdy's done a ton, you know, for the franchise. And, you know, when he got his game back, he got his game back. Now it's not been back completely this year for sure. But, you know, he's one of the bigger names in the game. He's had a he's had a heck of a run. And, he, he, again, he's done a lot for the sport. It's good to see him get uh, the recognition. You know, at the end of the day, I know there's people scratching their head, but I, I didn't mind uh, 91 getting a chance to go take a bow. It's puzzling. I, 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 you know, the the league there, what is it, Hockey Ops, picks the, the first player for every team. There is fan voting involved for some of the, the rest of the spots, but – it's just uh, it, it was a little strange that he was the uh, he was the guy, and it makes makes you wonder if Doug Armstrong calls him. Hey, let's give him a nice parting prize. Let him he he loves uh, he loves South Florida. Uh, let's have him go down there and take part in the All Star 
game. But I couldn't agree with you more, Jeff. And you you have the perspective on this more than a lot than a lot of people just on on Vladdy's imprint and his time. If this is truly it, and it, all signs point to it being it. The, the, the guys the guys sold a lot of tickets in St. Louis. Uh, he's been a, uh, 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 a a great citizen. Uh, we all know he's he, he's moody. We all know uh, a tendency to pout during scoring slumps. But he's done a lot for this uh, for this franchise. And uh, he loves uh, what's the best way to say? It? He loves uh, the adulation. He loves being loved by the Blues fans. And it uh, looks like he's he's about to walk away from all that. Yeah, I mean, coming in for me, uh, obviously, I don't have the the backdrop of his entire time in St. Louis and what he means to Blues fans. But just in my brief time here, I've heard a few times that Vladimir Tarasenko is the reason some fans are are into the sport, are Blues fans. Uh, it's because of him and how exciting he was and, and has been throughout his career in St. Louis. So it'll be interesting to see how, you know, if his departure is realized, how that divorce goes and uh, how fans treat him when he returns, um, you know, either as a, as a visitor potentially and kind of what is his long lasting legacy is as a blue. And you know, if there is a, a 91 in the rafters one day, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't have that perspective that, that you guys might have right now. So I, I think it's, uh, it's probably a time for, for retrospection. Um, maybe not, I mean, we will see it in the next 10 games before the trade deadline, uh, but it'll be interesting to see how he's remembered as a blue. Well, to his credit, JT, I mean, obviously he, there was frustration over his uh, shoulder injuries and, and the attempts to come back from them and get the repairs done and how it took a couple tries to get it, to get it right and to get him back. And there was obviously friction there. But uh, once that friction became known from that point on, um, once Vladdy got back to work, he um, caused no more problem on that front. Uh, basically, has uh, has been a good citizen. Has uh, you know had a good year last year for sure. And I think all in all, from where this thing was headed with ninety one, which is for an unpleasant departure, if it ends, I think it's going to end on a better note because uh, Vladimir handled himself uh, professionally, uh, even though we all know he was pretty upset. He was he was really upset and. Uh... Uh, it's amazing, actually, when you look back on last year, it was a career year for him, 82 points, a career high for points and, and assists. And uh, what is sixth, I guess, 30 goal plus season 30, you know, it was, uh, he, he had a tremendous year and he just, he just, he just uh, uh, fit right in and he, he was on a pace, maybe somewhere in the 60s for points uh, this year, he was still, he was still on a pace for maybe 20, 25 uh, goals so you know a, a, a little bit of a drop off but uh, it's not like he he fell off a cliff like uh, some of the other uh, some of the other uh, uh, blues so uh, yeah and you know of these 10 games eight are at home so blues fans will have plenty of chance to come out and and see uh, Vladdy we think uh, one more time and yeah when he comes back Jeff as you can this is a town that uh, when so Taguchi came back in baseball they gave a standing ovation so I'm pretty sure they'll welcome back uh, Vladdy with with open arms when he comes back wearing whatever sweater he he, he will end up with I gotta find video of that so Taguchi ovation then <laughs> yeah it's, it's, it's out there cool. somewhere it's out there somewhere yeah Matt this is a soft market you know you, you've been in South Florida you've been in Dallas uh, this is a pretty soft market here people here are you know Except for a few gripers that you're running to on your chat, it's a pretty, uh, a pretty forgiving and welcoming fan base. 
Yeah, and then and as far as the All Star stuff with him, uh, I didn't really have a, a big issue with with him being selected. You could have arguments for other guys, but you know, I think a lot of times you see veterans when they have kids that are a little bit older, they want to kind of celebrate with their children. Um, I mean, last year when I was in Dallas, it was a big thing for Joe Pavelski to be able to bring his son. I think we saw with even Ovechkin this year uh, having his son involved and. I think when players get older, they have families. Uh, it means a lot more to be able to celebrate all-star festivities and especially in an area where he's familiar with. Uh, and plus like there's not a, a huge, huge, you know, outlier on the blues where you're saying that guy should have been there. I mean, there's Kyrie, there's Ruchnevich, there's Thomas, like it's arguments to be made, but not a, not a bona fide, you know, all-star that you feel really got, snubbed hard so it was i think a, a, a good celebration for him to be able to go down there of course the uh, number 91 now the center of a lot of trade speculation now that he's back and he's healthy he ryan o'reilly ivan Bar ivan barbashev uh, certainly getting a lot of buzz when it comes to vladimir uh and looking at the winger market it, it looks like uh, i would put timo meyer probably number one because teams will look at him as a guy they can acquire and perhaps uh lock into a contract given his age um, you know, big guy scores goals. I, I think there's a, you're going to see a team try to do with Timo what uh, the Islanders did with Bo Horvat, that is put him in the nucleus, acquire him and, and, and lock him in. Beyond that, when it comes to rentals, I suppose it's uh, it's Vladimir. And of course uh, the big, the big fish, if he, if he decides he wants to go play the rental game, Patrick Kane still mulling over whether he wants to go ahead and take a, a rental assignment. So uh, JT teams that are shopping for offense uh, ahead of the trade deadline, they're going to have some great choices. You talk about three guys right there mm -hmm. that could make a big difference on one of your top two lines. Yeah. And with Tarasenko, I think, I, I, I think we all agree. Maybe he's not quite the threat that he was uh, a pre-shoulder injury, but he's still a guy. I think that's shown he's capable of getting hot and maybe carrying a team for a short period of time. And uh I'm still, it's, this is a fascinating tread deadline in part because uh, as you say, there could be some huge names moving, but also I'm still trying to figure out how are these teams going to, to do this? Uh, there are 17 teams, a little more than half the league that are only under, you know, that are only cap compliant, I guess we'd say, because they're using LTIR and uh, uh, Vegas is, is one of them with uh, Mark Stone. And that uh, he's not, at least according to cap friendly, he's, he's not officially on LTIR yet, but when he gets on there, they'll have, uh, I think something like $11 million uh, uh, to, to, uh, uh, to, to, to play with. And they'll have, they will have $23 million worth of players on LTIR. So uh uh, Vegas definitely is using kind of the credit card uh, mentality here. I don't know when it's going to catch up with them, but they're, they're a team there. They're like two points. Uh, oh, they, they lead the Pacific and lead the West, but they're, they're two points out uh, 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 of fourth place of the top wild card. That's how, that's how competitive the top of the uh, uh, West is. So uh, uh, they definitely have a lot of motivation to, to, to go out and, 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 get a Timo Meyer or a Patrick Kane or even a, even a Tarasenko. Yeah. I got a couple things here. One, I had a conversation with someone a few weeks ago and they were talking about a team maybe getting stuck holding the bag because there are other options out there. Uh, there is Meyer, there is Kane. 
there are options out there for contending teams to go acquire. Um, the thing with, you know, those guys in particular, they're a lot bigger uh, ass to fit into the cap both this year and in the future. So in one case, so Kane, obviously he's got the, the massive, I think it's a 10.5 cap hit. Uh, Timo Meyer, he's due a $10 million uh, qualifying offer in the summer as an RFA. So if you're acquiring those guys, maybe do you need a salary retention? Do you need a third team involved to be able to, to just take 25% of it? And, you know, the thing with all these teams in LTIR, uh, getting into to cap semantics here, you know, when you're in LTIR, you don't accrue cap space. So what they have is what they have available versus when you're not using LTIR, you get cap space for every single day that you're under the cap. And at the trade deadline, that matters a ton because there's only a month and a half left of the season. You can be able to fit a lot bigger cap hits into your structure because of the accrued cap space. And so all these contending teams, Carolina, Vegas, um, Colorado right now, but Landis Goddard is supposed to be back in a month. So they'll have to use that cap space on him. All these contending teams in LTIR maybe will need other things in their trade to uh, to make it work. Whereas you look at Tarasenko, um, I think his cap rate is actually higher than Myers is this year, um, but it's not the long-term commitment and it's, it's lower than Kane's. And so maybe you don't need as many uh, machinations. You don't need as many different things to, to put into a trade. Um, you know, and the second thing is that contending teams are they always find a, a way, sometimes pretty much. You know, you look at Tampa and they've had cap issues for years, and between retained salary and third team involvement and LTIR usage, they find a way to to squeeze guys in. Same with Vegas, they they find a way. Uh, there's you know an injury pops up, uh, they get rid of a contract here and there. Uh, they find ways to add guys and. You know, if you're a contending team that's desperate enough for, uh, you know, secondary scoring like you would get with Vladimir Tarasenko, then I think you're going to find a way to make it work. Yeah, JT, if I could pick one spot for uh, just from a hockey standpoint for for 91, I, I kind of like the the Devils. I mean, they uh, obviously have getting a monster year out of Jack Hughes as a goal scoring center, but uh, you know they've got they've got the potential. I mean, I'm not sure Vanacek is a goaltender that's going to win a cup for him, but maybe, maybe he could, they've got some flexibility. They, they've talked about a shooter. I think they focused on maybe Meyer as a guy they could try to work out a deal with not, not for 10 million a year. They'd have to work out a long-term deal for, for a bit less than that. But uh, I kind of like, I kind of like Jersey for him. If not that, then maybe Petro talks him into Vegas, you know, Hey, you never know. I mean, Petro might have some room. You know, just and it could be. Is there a better place? Petro might have some room. What his house is like? What he's yeah. got like seven hundred rooms, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah, he could give he could give Laddie a whole wing, and hey, you can use the swimming pool on Monday, uh, Wednesday, and Fridays. You know, well, you know, it's uh, and there there's worse places, JT, for somebody to go as a rental to finish out the year and try to drive up some value. Hey, go to Vegas for uh, the the end of the regular season and in the playoffs. Why not? And we all know now that Vladdy is. Uh, he's become acclimated and become a fan of heat. So uh, yeah, he, he, uh, he'd really like Vegas. New Jersey is, is interesting because they, uh, you know, they have a lot of young talent. 
and uh, uh, I, I I know uh, uh, the word uh, like right around the time the uh, the Blues played there is that the, the Devils actually wanted a little more scoring out of Hughes and Hisher, and uh, they're certainly getting it now from Hughes. But you get the sense that maybe yeah we 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 could sure use uh, we could sure use one more uh, one more score now. Uh, I don't think Vladdy is really a, like a big city guy, but, uh, and, and it, it's not like he'd be playing with his, his, uh, his good buddy, his bestie uh, Panarin, but he'd be in town. He could, he could at least go out and have dinner with Panarin when both teams are in town. So, yeah, I think both of those, both of those sites uh, make, uh, make a lot of sense. And there's some thought that the Islanders, I, I think they still have 11 million of cap room, even after the Horvat deal. That, that they they might not quite uh, be done yet. Although they, they what they've won two games uh, with with Horvath. Guys, uh, just a quick aside. It's just weird. We're all sitting here waiting like ten days for the Blues to play again. The, it seems like the entire rest of the league is playing. This is like the start of the season all over again. Remember that the Blues had that bombing trip to to Charleston and they waited a week. Now now we're waiting again. It's just. Uh, uh, another example of what a strange uh, ride this has been so far, but I digress. Four or five games and the blues had not played any. And then I see some, some of your tweets JT about being in Charleston. I'm like, what, what is, what's going on here? I'm in, I'm in Nashville for a season opener. And I tried grits actually for the first oh, time. What'd you think? Uh, not, not impressed. Was it shrimp and grits or just, just grits? Just grits with some, I tried to put a bunch of cheese and stuff on, but I just, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah uh yeah as far as new jersey goes i think uh it's interesting because they have that one two down the middle of hughes and, and he and you can look at the wings and uh say from use a little help there uh obviously jesper pratt has been very good for them but uh that's definitely uh a, a, a potential landing spot um you know obviously when we talked about vegas they don't have one of, I mean, their best winger, uh, Mark Stone, and very, very different players, uh, Mark Stone and Vladimir Tarasenko, but nonetheless a hole in the wing. And Carolina, it's it's odd to talk about them losing Max Pacioretty because they hadn't had him for so much of the year anyway, and they've been such a good team. So I think <laughs> it's weird to say that I think his impact is probably going to be felt more uh, on LTIR and creating cap space versus what he's contributed to the Hurricanes this season in his limited playing time. So good calls there, I, I think, Gordo. Um, yeah, it's it's to be interesting to see the kind of where exactly he ends up and uh, who has the space and what the return is. On the uh, Ryan O'Reilly front, you know, obviously a lot of teams are interested probably uh, – the price point will be interesting to see uh, the blues will have to retain money. I don't know what the blues can expect in return, but this is a guy that's uh, has got a pedigree um, still a, a matchup guy. As far as defensive zone starts, you would feel good about uh, using him in that role. Um, still good, if not, but not dominant in the faceoff circle. There's, you know, obviously, uh, you know, good teams, teams like, uh, let's say, Colorado, where he's been before and had a, a difficult time trying to get to a contract. Uh, there could be some places that make sense for Ryan O'Reilly, but JT, I just don't know what the return could be, given, you know, it's been a difficult year and he's had the injury, which is, you know, not helped the process. 
Yeah, and we, we keep hearing Toronto with him, and I don't know how realistic that is. I haven't really studied it, but you, you make an interesting point about retaining salary. I don't think Armstrong has ever done that with the Blues and will, will retain salary in a deal. Correct me if I'm wrong, Gordo, but I, I don't think he has in St. Louis. And w- would he be willing to do that this time around to uh, facilitate a trade? Yeah, 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 Matt, I guess that comes down to price point, right? If you can get value in terms of future assets and it's just money, I mean, he may, he's not been in a, this sort of a mode where he's had to retool a bit. It's a thought. Yeah. I mean, it's, we'll see what the, uh, the market value is for, um, you know, retaining half of 7.5 million because we've seen in the past, I think at the the draft when, you know, Chicago got Mirazic and, uh, previously you have other salary dumps. There's a, there's a, a price attached to, uh, you know, keeping that cap hit on your team or acquiring that cap hit. So, uh, I think that'll be determined, uh, definitely in some transactions coming up, uh, but I'm going to get kind of in the weeds here for a second on, on retained salary and, and how it would affect the blues, maybe even next year. Uh, so right now they're using LTIR. And if you finish the season in LTIR, your performance bonuses will carry over to the next season. So right now, Thomas Grice, I think is the only guy that is in danger of uh, hitting a performance bonus, uh, $250,000 if he starts 20 games, which I think last time I did the math, he was on pace for about 19. <laughs> so if, uh, if he does hit 20 and the star or not the stars, if the blues <laughs> are in LTIR, that, that performance bonus will roll over to next year. And it seems small, but for a team like the Blues, it'll still impact their their cap table for next year. So it could come down to whether they want to pay the money this year to not have to have restrictions next year or, or how it all shakes out. But it's just a very small thing to consider when you think about retaining salary. And um, if, it, if it nets you another second or third in a deep draft, then you know, why not? Um, if they've already come this far and paid three quarters of his salary anyways, it, it might make sense. Matt, uh, what did you major in at Notre Dame? Finance. Okay, so there you go. Uh, Netfront fans, you're going to be well taken care of here in the future by Matt on all your salary cap questions. Okay. Um, yeah, we, uh, you know, uh, we got it. You know, Tom was great on the analytics. He was super nerdy on the analytics side, but to have a a guy that can go toe to toe with the cap guys in the league. That's going to be a, that's going to have value because the next few years are going to be very interesting for the blues on the cap front as they try to reconstruct and uh, see what happens uh, with that. Uh, JT, they do still have to play hockey and, uh, oh, and yeah, this is, yeah, this is not the easiest assignment for Craig Bruby. They, uh, th- this team just basically died on the last road trip and set themselves up for all all of this chit chat about trades but they still got to play games and how do you get a team to play for the guys to play for each other for the team to try to play a strong team game do the sacrifice block shots uh you know grind it out shift shift how do you do all that when you know that basically this is just a prelude to a lot of rough roster up people not an easy not an admirable uh, position for 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 the chief to be in right now no, not, not at all. You have 10 games left before the trade deadline. Eight of them are at home. And uh, 
I think we've seen signs leading up to this, maybe periodically all season. I mean, there, there are, this isn't just one or two players we're talking about. There are, there are five players uh, who are, are UFAs who have shown up on just about all the trade lists. Okay. Maybe Nola Chari hasn't, but we, we hear about teams that are interested in him, including, uh, including uh, Vegas. So this is a big chunk of the team. And I, I don't know if you're a player, you know, maybe you're not thinking about it when you're, you're on the ice and you're, you're getting smashed into the, uh, the uh, boards uh, by Jacob Truba or something like that. But uh, I'm sure when they go home and uh, you know, before they uh, uh, sack out, I mean, maybe they, they, they think about it. It's got, it's got to affect the team. I, I think now too, uh, during this break, maybe it's finally hit, you know, that all athletes in all sports have tunnel vision. They're just worried about, what do we do today? What do we do the next day? But I think with this break, maybe several of the blues have uh, uh, maybe come to the realization we're not very good. We're probably not going to make the playoffs. And, and how do they, how, how do they approach all that? Yeah. JT, remember that conversation we had a few weeks ago where it was kind of the hockey hockey was kind of secondary at this point. It's all the talk is what are they going to do at the trade deadline? What are they going to do in the summer? It's a, it's a weird feeling. Um, I mean, not just for us, because you know, we go to the games and that's what we write about, but I'm sure for, like you mentioned, the players, uh, you know, moving is, is not fun or easy and uh, it's a big life change and immediate for, for a lot of them. And I think if, uh, if they could fast forward through these 10 games and, and get to the deadline and for everyone's sake, be able to move on with, whatever team you have in whatever standing they are and have a directive as to what the objective is for, you know, the last month and a half of the season, I think everyone would probably take that just to stop hearing about it, have some finality and, uh, and kind of know where you're going to be and what, you, what you're going to be. Uh, you know, cause in the next 10 games you have, it's not so much a, a mix of objectives, but, you know, maybe you have management that wants to bump trade value. You want coaches that want to win games. You have players that want to know where they're going to play. And not to say that it's all of them and they're all thinking that way, but it's human nature to, to think in, in different, you know, perspectives and different scopes and timeframes. So I think uh, if, if they could get to the trade deadline, and understand what they have, it'll be uh, probably be helpful for everyone. Yeah. And, and, you know, for all the talk about uh, uh, no trade clauses and, and Doug Armstrong, four of the five guys that uh, uh, that are scheduled to be uh, unrestricted have no, have no constraints whatsoever. Uh, Tarasenko is the only one of the group of five. Also, we're also including Achari Barbashev and Nico Mikola. Uh, uh, Tarasenko is the only one with a note. So if you're one of these guys, you're, you could end up anywhere. And that, that's a lot of uncertainty. Yeah, and one more point on that, JT. I mean, you, you talk about, you know, you're not thinking about it during the game, but you go home and you got to talk to your wife and you, your kids are becoming aware that things could be changing. And you, the wife's saying, do, I, do we need to engage a realtor? Uh, you know, what, what's what's going on here? So, you know, you get, you get a veteran team. When this happens to a veteran team, man, it's especially painful it's always great when guys can stay put like Tyler Sagan and Jamie Ben or for all the run that, uh, that Kane and Taze have had, that looks like it's coming to an end in Chicago. That's, it's painful for those guys. You look at 
LA Kopitar and, and Dowdy, they've been able to, to, to stick it out, but man, it's, it's a lot, you know, I mean, these guys, and especially with this downtime every day with your family, whether you're in town or on a, on a vacation, ah, top of mind, man, JT, it's top of mind. Yeah. And don't, don't get on social media. Uh, don't read the the post dispatch, although we, we encourage everyone, including players to subscribe because uh, kind of all, all we've been writing about is bad. This is bad. This is bad. This is bad. And uh, uh, it's, uh, it's definitely, definitely a, a tough time. You got to think about school for the kids. And I, I remember about the, 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 uh, my only experience in the hockey realm with this was uh, the blues were, uh, on the road in Minnesota in uh, 1718 when Stasny was traded at that, that uh, old hotel, that great hotel in, in, in St. Paul. And just the, the scene in the lobby, uh, Stasny saying goodbye to, to his teammates and, and uh, hugging Steen and all that. It was, it was emotional. These guys during the season, and it's a long season, they spend more time with the hockey team than they do with their family. So now let's just say four blues move, uh, you know, multiply the Stasny scene uh, times four. So uh, uh, not, not a pleasant time. And uh, again, it, it's getting, it's getting closer and closer. And and as the speculation increases, it's, it's going it, to potentially take a toll on, on the team as they attempt to go out there and, and, and play games. Yeah. And one last thing on this for me is, I think some of the the players with kids um, that get traded, they they almost spend the remainder of the season by themselves. Uh, they don't want to take the kids out of school. They don't want to move them for a month and a half just to move somewhere else uh, in the summer. So a lot of that time, I think some guys just spend in, in their new city uh, by themselves without the support of their family. Okay, last topic on the net front for this edition we talked about what a tough job the chief has, but he, it is his assignment. And of course the coaching staff will be part of the, getting the scrutiny. Uh, obviously Doug Armstrong will get scrutiny from ownership. Uh, Armstrong will give the coaching staff scrutiny from his standpoint, your take on, on where the chief stands. Um, what can he show management? How can he get to the next level where maybe he's the coach where he is the coach to try to move the team in another direction. Uh, pretty hard to keep your gig under these circumstances that we've seen this year. Uh, as much as Doug loves the chief, as much as the chief has done, it's, it's hard to go through one of these things and get to the other side. Uh, JT, do you think he has a chance to do that based on, again, the allegiance of the GM and then what, what Craig has accomplished in the past for the franchise and also his experience uh, working with younger players at the AHL, which is so it's not unfamiliar unfamiliar for him to have a player development side. Yeah, and uh, you know uh, there's fans at times that say, "Well, he doesn't like young players." Well, he was here presiding over the the growth of Thomas and Cairo into in, into impact players. Myself personally, and I, I could be dead wrong. It couldn't be the first time. I, I don't I don't think he's in any trouble this year. I think next year, if they start out slow, then he's on the the hot seat. We 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 remember now. Uh, the, the financially uh you know the shape the blues are in and how how dependent they are on uh on uh, uh fans being in the stands and whatnot you know but Baruby has what two years left on his uh on his extension uh th that's the challenge how do you get this team now to, to play hard and uh 
and also to play discipline. Well, to a large degree, they haven't played discipline all season, which is one of the great puzzles because we see some of the same mistakes happening over and over. And, uh, and they played hard for the most part. There are levels of hard. I mean, they, 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 they some teams, some nights, it's pretty ob- obvious that the opposing team is, is, is playing harder, that they're, they're, they're putting a little more into the game. But I, I think those are the challenges that they keep the team playing hard and keep playing discipline and, and, and uh, hope they win their, uh, their share of uh, uh, games. But uh, uh, who knows? I, I think our expectation too, is that whatever happens at the trade line deadline, that there may not be, there probably won't be a lot of immediate help just because of the, their, their cap situation, not just this year, but, but down the road and that they'll be trading at least until the off season, they'll, they'll just be getting a, we'll just be getting prospects and maybe draft picks. So it's, it's not like the team is necessarily going to be better on paper after whatever happens on March the 3rd. Yeah. I think, uh, a couple of things that, about the trade deadline that will kind of shape how you judge Berube. Uh, one, you'll get to see the timeline of what Doug Armstrong wants to do with this team, whether it's getting picks and prospects and uh, holding on to them at the draft and using them and going through a, you know, a long-term draft and develop sort of rebuild, or if it's getting assets and flipping them for, a player that can help them that year get a better indication of when this team plans on contending and what kind of window that gives Baruby to find results in the standings. And I think, you know, it, it would be probably a little bit shocking to, to uh, say that the team after the trade deadline is better than before. So I don't think you can expect better results after the trade deadline as before, but as long as you're seeing some sort of development or progression uh, improvement from individual players, if not the whole team, I think you can uh, have a little bit more faith in Bruby's job. If he just gets uh, Torpchenko to play 19 minutes, start scoring some goals, hey, he can prove he can prove he can get this job done. So, uh, well, we're just kidding about that. So, well, listen, guys, it's been a great addition to Netfront Presence. Uh, thanks for your patience as we fought through some earlier technical difficulty. A reminder to our listeners, uh, you can uh, access the uh, podcast, tell your friends about it. They can access the podcast through all the various outlets that have uh, podcasts these days. And we are really appreciative of your support of local journalism. Please do keep subscribing to the Post-Dispatch. Keep supporting what we do. We'll keep working for you. Uh, Until next time, for Jim Thomas, for Matthew DeFranks, I'm Jeff Gordon. See you. See you.